0: Hello, my fellow freaky children, and welcome to an episode of A Journey Through Time and Stuff. It is I, Aaron, your spiritual guide of awakening in this quarantine Tuesday. It is Taco Tuesday. It is Cinco de Mayo. It is pretty much the most Americanized Mexican holiday you can have. Um, Probably hugely offensive to some people. I don't know. I don't know the rules on that, but I'm having a drink of whiskey. I don't have um, tequila, but I would like tequila. Shit, I just, man, I have been trying to start this podcast yet again. Number two solo podcast I've tried. Um, and uh, this is like my fourth attempt, uh, third attempt just had a couple bad starts uh i didn't even go very long for all of them um and then right now just in the middle of this i was getting ready to cheers you guys start a thing i got a text from my brother okay well um while i answer this really fast here is uh uh we have a new series we're gonna launch with within the podcast or not we me it's only me uh I have a new series I'm going to launch, which is a meditation app I found this weird fucker named Falco, um, kind of like Cher, but Falco and, uh, he does, uh, meditation vocal seminars. So, uh, we have this, here we go. Hello, my name is Falco. I'm your spiritual guide for this evening. This is a 90 minute meditation, self-reflection hour. Yes. You heard that 90 minute hour. We go for that because time is relevant here. This is about a focus looking toward the inner, the self-recognition, the alignment of the chakras. All of this matters to who we are. Let me guide you through this journey and make this a peace and awakening experience. Close your eyes. Okay. No, no, wait. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. Okay. If you're not driving, close your eyes. Picture yourself in a beautiful field. You are running your hands through tall blades of grass that come up around your waist. This grass is the inner you. You are exploring the inner you and running your hands through it. There's a river next to you, which is the grass because you are the grass. Don't worry because every, oh, wait, the music changed. It looks like it's, it's the end of the show already. What the fuck is going on here? Hey! This was supposed to be 90 minutes! Oh, that's 90 seconds. 90 90 seconds of meditation. Oh. Oh, well, I guess this was 90 seconds of meditation. I hope this helped. My name was Falco, and I will see you next week for another 90 seconds of meditation. va yeah. Hello, friends. I am back. I hope you uh, were calmly and peacefully put at ease with the words of Falco. He seems like an upright dude, you know uh I don't know how much I believe in like the spiritualism and stuff, but I figure I need to broaden to uh, more people. So I hope that was something that benefited you all. (sighs) Cheers, everybody. Happy, uh, well, none of you are going to hear this till tomorrow, so I'm only really cheersing myself alone in a room. That I have let get far too cluttered. This is an issue that I've suffered with in the past, is clutter. Um, Kind of a hoarder. I... (laughs) I was just about to say, I'm kind of a hoarder, but all of the stuff I keep around is really useful, unlike hoarders. But I bet all hoarders tell themselves that the things they, in fact, keep around is is useful. Um, yeah, I don't know. It must be a famine mentality. It must be a thing where you feel like you don't... You have it, and once you have it, you may never have it again if you don't keep it, right? So I uh, I I do that, but I do it with weird things like cords, like bags, like uh, beer cans that I don't throw away, uh, knickknacks. knacks um, I over-prepare for... God damn it, another text. All right. Well, that was all right. That was a confirmation that he couldn't talk to me right now. No problem. Anyways, um, yeah, I I kind of hoard, and they are things that I love. You know, cords, knickknacks, tools, sockets. Uh, I, not so much empty beer cans, but it's almost like a little trophy of how, the work I've done. Um, how is, how is the quarantine life treating you all? I want to know. I wanna know where you're from. Um, I wanna know what you're doing, what you're not doing, if you're missing work, are you still working? You know, what uh what kind of life are people out there living right now? Not only from America, but from the world. Uh we have countries that people in countries that listen all over. What is your life like? Uh email email me. Time and stuff pod at gmail dot com. It's really easy. Um call our hotline 971-801-8378 that's 971-801-vest uh call us let us know what let us, let us know how your quarantine is going i'll tell you how mine is going uh i've had a lot of extra time to think so uh, the first thing that i've done really uh in this quarantine is i've tried to be as observant of of all the other humans i interact with I've, I've tried to be as observant as possible of them i've i've kind of noticed uh through really spending time you know when i have to go grocery shopping uh people that come into my store people I have to interact with when i'm working on their trucks um you know They, everybody seems like they kind of just have their head down, masks on, head down, and they're moving forward and just trying to like get through it quick. Like it's, uh, like it's an old, uh, you know, TV game show and there's stuff whacking you in the face and spraying on you as you're running through a maze to win some cheap prize, like a jet ski that you'd never actually use or, or needed use, you know. you'd you'd never need um and a jet ski is one of those you know water crafts that single people or two people fit on um and they whip around but they hurt your back and they give you slight concussions when you use them and most of the time rich people have them and they're far too drunk to ride them when they do so that's what jet skis are anyways how did i get on jet skis Oh, yeah, because you might win it somehow. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's been a weird time. I've been watching people with... All right, mask eyes. That, that is the headline for this topic, is mask eyes. Um, with no mouth, people are funny. It's, it's like no one thinks that anyone else can tell what they're doing underneath of their mask. Um, in stores, you see angry people. They're, behind, they're wearing this mask. It's covering their face and their eyes look like death, look like anger, look like murder, look like they are about to come uncorked in the most ungodly way and other people look scared you can't believe a human's eyes could be so big or they could open their lids so wide um did they just smell a really bad fart like if you guys take the time and look at a person's eyes behind the mask You'll really start to see that mouths, mouths don't matter in the, in the physical interaction with a human, because everybody, everybody right now is walking around, staring each other in the eyes because you ain't looking at the mouth or all you're seeing is a mask. So everybody's looking each other in the eyes. It's great. I, I, I hardly see anybody looking down, hiding themselves, uh, hating the fact they're in public. Uh, I mean, most people hate the fact they're in public, but it's only because of virus, not because, you know, they're introverted extremely. And these fucking people are mad. Like you, you, you can tell I walk around with a smile under my mask for one, because I know that my mask is kind of pointless on the health aspect, but it's also doing a mental job in letting other people know it's a signal that that is all masks are. If, if you really break it down, if you really go into what we're doing with wearing these masks, it is a signal of humanism, it is saying, "I, as a human on this planet, sharing most of the DNA with you and every other human on the planet, I recognize that this mask while it might not help me from catching anything, it is a sh- it is a sign of solidarity to humankind that I care about the ones who are vulnerable." That's all it is. It's a sign. And people are fucking crazy mad that they have to do it. And now I know that it might be, it might be people who, you know, feel like people around them or the government or the city have wronged them. They may feel like, they are the in fact the downtrodden um you know it it's people, oh my God, I just had a a giant yawn, and that was very weird of me because I don't yawn often um but <laughs> okay, wait, I'll get back to yawning um it it is as if people are now having to. Actually, interact with other humans on a way that isn't pass off if pass pass off if pass passes passive. No, because it's not, they're not being pacifists, pacifists. They're in fact going out of their way to give you a bad face to let you know they want nothing to do with you. Those people are out there and. What masks do is let the eyes do all the talking. They take away the mouth. They take away the nose, the flares, the anything that can be uh, gathered from facial expression. All of the face is removed but the eyes. And so now you see someone like crinkle their eyes, the corners of their eyes at you, their eyebrows go up. Are they giving you a, ah, oh, hey, friend, welcome to the aisle where the chips are. And d- d- are you looking for nacho cheese? Are you looking for queso? Are you looking for a salsa? Because uh, the paste salsa is down this aisle. But if you're looking for the fresh salsa, it's over actually in the bacon aisle with the cheese. Um, Because bacon and cheese go together, but not so much eggs. And even though bacon and cheese and eggs may be in the same aisle, but separated by other beverages, it's nowhere near the milk. Milk Because milk is a dairy, but not the same kind of dairy as eggs or cheese. And so it goes in a different spot next to bacon because pigs and cheese and you know all that goes together for sure um and fresh salsa because that's the same aisle in most grocery stores um yeah so you have to wonder is this person giving me the eyes of they don't want me in their aisle are they smiling at me because they realize we're both in masks and we're both playing this game and we both recognize that We may not smell each other's farts at this exact moment when we walk down the aisle. Um, That's one thing I have enjoyed in the weeks of quarantine and short trips, fast trips, masked trips to the grocery stores. Is farting in the grocery stores? I have to believe, um, because it's not like I've stopped. You know, I farted before masks. I farted before Corona. I've, I'm I'm farting after COVID. Um, I have to believe the mask gives a little more time between the smell of the fart and the release of the fart, and so you may now, while before masks, you were stuck in the aisle with the person you fart. They recognize pretty fucking quickly that uh, there's only three of you in the aisle. One's an 87-year-old woman. One's a me. And one is anyone else. It's probably me who let the fart. Um, just because, you know... Well, I don't know, actually. I Maybe that's a bad example because an 87-year-old woman might actually just fart because she doesn't give a fuck anymore. Let me say like a... F- yeah, I don't want to actually... Specify who would be farting and not farting. Okay, let's go this way. I'm in a shopping aisle with you. There's one other random human in the aisle. I'm the one who would be smiling because I just farted. But now that I have a mask on, nobody actually recognizes that I'm smiling from the fart. And I have enough time to hightail it out of the bacon aisle. Because I already grabbed the bacon, I already grabbed the fresh salsa, and I already grabbed the, the new pack of cream cheese. That I'm out of that aisle, and whoever then smelts it looks at the one other person in the aisle who is not me, and they dealt it. And that is the fun of masks and mask eyes, is nobody really knows... If you're farting, are you smiling because you're happy to see somebody? Are you angry because they're in your row and they're reaching for the jalapenos at the same time? And you wonder where their weird little Corona hands have been. And you're like, man, I really want to just eat these jalapenos now, but I have to wash them first when I get home. Like, because someone else maybe touched them. It's, it's a weird time. I think about jalapeno life. I think about their health. I think about how many people touch jalapenos versus all the other stuff. And if I'm safer eating jalapenos, because most people probably don't buy fresh jalapenos. I do every time I'm in the store. I go through them like crazy. Oh, what else has been going on, man? How are you guys? Are you all okay? I know that was a little bit of a rant. Um, all right. So here's something pretty cool here's something pretty cool that i learned um so i was listening to a podcast uh a while ago um it is duncan trussell's podcast it is called the uh Drunk- duncan trussell family hour it the dtfh it is a great podcast um i recommend you follow it you listen to it it is insightful conversation hold on one second i'm remembering uh yep okay perfect anyways so duncan trussell family are this podcast is fucking great and recently he had on one of his friends dan Harmon. now i'm now first of all duncan trussell just has a show that released right now on netflix called midnight gospel if you guys have not watched this show yet, it I almost guarantee that it will be one of the most mind-blowing shows you've ever seen. It is a first-of-its-kind television show where Duncan, who voices the main Click character Clancy, um, takes audio from his actual podcasts. With people of the like of Joey Diaz, Doctor Drew, Dan Harmon, his mom, um, go through the list. He has he he takes audio from his actual podcast, and then, uh, Pendleton Ward, who is the creator slash one of the artists slash mind behind Adventure Time, um, he teamed up with duncan to create midnight gospel and so the they took amazing podcast audio and then they wrote storyboard cartoon ideas jokes uh, all to it and so the comp- the, the cartoonization fits the audio But, if you were to watch the cartoon without audio, it would be its own story that wouldn't be the story they're telling in the podcast. It's brilliant. It's fucking a trip. It is the mind inside Duncan Trussell. He is an amazing, just out there type of dude. Anyways, he had a podcast with Dan Harmon. And they were talking about kind of the effects of of being in the quarantine and what everybody's doing. Um... And we are spending a lot of time in our living rooms. And then they brought up the interesting fact. And I'm going to come right out and say, I have not fact checked this, but I'm going to say it like it is fact because I tr- I trust Dan Harmon because he wrote Rick and Morty. That was the other thing. Dan Harmon, who he was, is the creator of and one of the guys of, and Rick and Morty, um, which is another amazing cartoon. Um, So they're talking. And the talk about the time we spend in our living rooms now. And Dan Harmon goes and drops this nugget of knowledge and says, hold on, I'm going to take a beer. And he goes, you know why they're called living rooms? I'm paraphrasing, by the way. He goes, you know why they're called living rooms? Duncan, why? With his little lesbian voice. Um, He goes, because back in the day, where you spent your time was the parlor. Everybody had a parlor in their house. You didn't have living rooms in the 1800s, early 1800s. You had your bedrooms, I guess, and the parlor, which is where everybody s- spent their time. That was where the communal area was. And then with people dying they created funeral parlors and funeral parlors were the place where you took your dead friends in boxes and you stored them with other dead friends in boxes in the funeral parlor just like a l- bunch of live friends without boxes would hang out in the parlor the dead friends in boxes hung out in the fu- funeral parlor well home buyers House people, people who owned homes, not apartments. People who lived in the area. um, Would then take that to mean in in back in the eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds. You know that uh, when your friends died, why not just turn the parlor in your house into a funeral parlor, and you would store your dead friends in your house. Or their house for a few days and let friends come by their house and look at them in the parlor or the temporary funeral parlor of the house. Isn't that fucking nuts that they would just willy nilly show off dead friends because of the name of a room? You know, they wouldn't even take him out of the house. Like, oh, he died like Tuesday, but it's Friday. And, you know, he doesn't stink too bad yet. And he's in the box that we spent a lot of money on and it's stained really nice. So why not just leave Fred chilling in here in case Gladys comes over later this evening and wants to see our dead fucking friend because he ain't playing canasta anymore. That's the type of shit they did with parlors. When you call the living room a parlor or your kitchen the parlor, That's you, you, you you could as easily cook a pound cake or store a dead guy in that room. There's no distinction. So house builders, engineers, uh, maybe real estate people. Some of the first people who like were in charge of selling people's houses that they didn't want to live in anymore. Quit calling them parlors and turn them into living rooms. Because if it, if it was the living room, it's where everybody lived, you wouldn't put someone dead in the living room, right? So it got the dead people out of the houses, into the funeral parlors, in a building where only dead people go, or people who have dead friends. And the houses now didn't stink for a week, didn't smell like death. Could you imagine being an eight-year-old and going with your mom? over to Fred's house, who died, and he'd been in that casket in the parlor for two days, and you gotta go say goodbyes to Fred, who, like, maybe flicks your flat tire on your bicycle one time. Isn't that fucking crazy? So parlors, living rooms, living rooms, came from not wanting dead people in your house. So that was one insightful thing that Dan Harmon Uh, created came up with uh, talked about fuck I suck Um, but here's the other thing that uh, came about is he was talking about what the future looks like of of people now we have FaceTime right now but remember the Jetsons when uh holy shit why I should camp not Elroy because that was his son not Judy uh, uh, George George Jetson, when he'd have a, a phone call with Mr. Sprocket, there would be a console in the house that had a monitor, had the microphone, had everything that he'd go sit in front of and the call would come up on and he would video chat to the person in like a big screen. And it was a console that just sat in their house. Dan Harmon goes... Now, with the amount of Zoom calls going on, with the amount of FaceTime going on, with, with everything going on right now, and the social distancing and the ramifications from this that definitely won't end for quite some time, what if Jetson's style video centers, video call centers, FaceTime centers, become a thing in houses now? Like, just like the telephone and the answering machine was. What if we go away from that? Knowing that most people are at their houses most time now, just like they were back in the fucking day, and that's why answering machines were invented the first time, because they knew if you weren't at home, you were away, and you'd be coming back home, right? What if it turns into a situation where Now we just have video calls to a module that's like a landline, but it's a video landline and it sits at your house and it sits in the corner and maybe it collects dust because you don't talk to your grandparents that often. Uh, You know, texting is still a thing, but you didn't have to hold your phone and look at a five inch screen. You could look at a 32 inch flat screen or a 40, 40 inch or a 60 inch flat screen And video chat with your friends on a home base that doesn't go anywhere. And that could become the thing. And then, what if they became the video room? What if if a room now, because of this, evolves to where when parlors became living rooms? Because they didn't want dead people in parlors and houses anymore. What if you have the living room and then you have the video room? And the video room or the the virtual room is the room where people sit to talk with other people from their virtual rooms. That could become a way of dating. That could become a way of being. You know, I've I've often said, well, not often, I've often thought since this started... That the lack of human interaction is definitely chemically doing something to our brains. Where we've recognized that social media, widgets, emojis, text messages, likes, loves, hug emojis, interactions on social media increase especially repeated interactions increase dopamine serotonin in the human brains it it floods our uh our uh fucking oh shit i can't remember the name our uh this is the problem with doing this solo is there's no one to help me with the word right now i'm sitting in a room by myself um with the reward that's it the reward system in our brains the same way that we would feel good if you went three or four days like we everybody has without seeing a person and then you see a person for the first first time and they smile at you um you know it it makes you feel good you get that dopamine rush well they found now through study that we're getting the same type of interaction rushes chemical rushes in our brain from human interaction from text messages all virtual all digital the phone saying somebody liked a comment you put on somebody else's bullshit gives now the same chemical release in your brain that a human hug would give and now that we're in quarantine and people are not going more places than they used to. Not as many places. They're not hugging. They're not uh sh- shaking hands. I miss shaking the fuck out of some hands, man. I would shake the shit out of anyone's hand right now. You know, as long as they had a mask on. No, I'm kidding. Um I wouldn't shake any hands. No, I'd shake one's hands. Who am I kidding? Um yeah, what's gonna happen when When the future becomes video Jetson's chat rooms and human interaction becomes through modules in your fucking video room next to the living room, which used to be a parlor. And all of the chemical releases in our brains, you know, this is after I'm dead, so it won't be me, but humans evolved to that is the chemical release. Then you turn into a, a a city of people walking by each other not recognizing the specialness, the 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 intrinsic uh singularity, singular aspect of a human that you walk by on a general day on a sidewalk in a city, and even as Phones have already disconnected us enough already from recognizing that you walk by somebody and they have something about them that is more interesting than any one of your other friends have about them. Now, they all, all your other friends have interesting shit about them too. But this somebody that you just randomly walk by on a street that you don't bat two heads at has something just as fucking interesting about them that none of your other friends have. And if you don't take the time to appreciate the level of interactiveness and brain chemistry and dopamine rushes and uh, uh, positive growth that even taking time not to get to know that person but just to recognize they exist and let them know that if if you have to start relying on screens for that chem, that brain drug for our, for our body to produce that chemical if screens become the end man i think we're uh, i think we're off in a sad way I think we're off in a sad way um yeah man i talked about mass guys i have notes here oh <laughs> this is a good one um talked about the living rooms and uh yeah as well as that you know what's crazy people have been doing a lot more uh a lot more cooking at home now uh and you know what's wild is pudding think about it gelatinous milk with flavor could you could you I mean what did it take for ancient humans quite some time ago I mean I don't. I, I, I'm not gonna look but I don't even know when pudding came about but I do have to wager that it was quite some time ago and What type of human did it take to realize that taking milk, adding chocolate or some other vanilla extract, you know, some other flavor to it, and then gelatin, which is a meat byproduct, what did it—I mean, pudding has to be one of the craziest stumble-upon inventions delicacies of all time pudding is the type of thing that somebody would have had to gone milk Yup. excuse me milk yum flavored milk yummier thick flavored milk yummiest um that is quite about the extent of where I see pudding come from, but it's just crazy to think that somebody's wanted f- thicker flavored milk and pff, jello or pudding. I mean, was born. Um, think about cavemen. A caveman spent his whole life, a Neanderthal spent his entire existence or her entire existence with milk because. Obviously, they figured out milk came from cows earlier. How they stored it—not very good leather bags. It leaked out. Uh, you know, it wasn't—it wasn't good. But but they they saw what came out of cows. They saw what came out of goats. They saw what came out of horses, and uh, they would have never thought that we took that through flavor and gelatin in it. And made it thick. And that was dessert for kids on a Saturday. When it's 80 degrees outside, you want cold tapioca pudding or cold butterscotch pudding. Oh, I tell you what. Butterscotch pudding is my fucking favorite pudding of all time. And here's what's the best about butterscotch pudding. Here's what you do. You take it and you mix it in a big bowl. And you put it in the fridge. You know, the not not the stovetop pudding, which I have made. The instant chill pudding. Um, and you mix all that up. Put it in the fridge to eat. And you make sure that you don't mix it amazing. So the pudding still tastes pretty good. And yet, down at the bottom, you have little tiny nuggets stuck to the bottom of the bowl of unstirred-in powder. That now, after sitting, all the moisture soaked through, so it's like this little granular, enriched flavor blob that's down in the bottom on the bowl. And so, once you eat through all the pudding that you've made, which is still pretty fucking good, you have these little nuggets of treasure. Oh, I used to, I used to purposefully not mix it good enough to leave more of that on the bottom to scrape up and eat than the actual pudding. Uh it's great. It's great. The other trick is not add don't add as much milk as they say. The pudding gets even better um all right oh, cavemen here's something else I was thinking about because because we were uh you know I was talking about stuff I've been thinking about earlier and more ponderings of my brain and wondering where this really goes. All right. So go back to caveman time and people moving forward. You know, you could really think any culture uh, of humans on the planet of any time really. Uh, at, at, at one point in time, we couldn't build houses. And I mean house by literally four walls and a ceiling. I'm not talking about anything spectacular. I'm not talking about bathrooms or partitions or false counters or, uh, crown moldings or fans or, uh, lights, uh, nothing fancy. I'm, I'm, I'm saying a little bit, it's a hut. It's a little bit up from a cave, right? We basically realized caves had walls and a ceiling and they kept us dry. And so, when we got to places with as humans that didn't have caves, we wanted to simulate that with shit that was semi waterproof. And uh, we built fucking caves or houses, right? <laughs> so, I'm thinking of a there was a long time of humans building single story houses. Uh, we realized, you know, some some logs tied together with some skin sewed together, draped around it, gave us teepees. Ice gave us igloos. Stone with, uh, you know, wet mud dried turned into kind of a mortar. Uh, that you could glue st- stones together with, you know, stick them together with. You could build little stone huts. You could carve out of sandstone uh you know people built houses man um when was the first two-story house when was the first time because obviously it was before fucking pyramids because pyramids they just went whole hog they already been building tall shit and they said let's build a bunch of shit on top of itself when was the first time that somebody went hey why don't, instead of just building this thing one layer, we kind of build it with a fakie roof that's still really strong, but not the actual roof, and then build more walls to stand on the roof we built and then build another roof over that. And then somehow we need to like ladder or... Oh, stairs. So what if we took stones and stacked them cascading upward... And we made a staircase. You know? When When was the first fucking two-story house built? Of any kind. I want a two-story hut. I want something where the mom and dad said, Alright kids, we're going upstairs to our little fuck palace. And you're going to stay down in the bottom. And you can't come up because it's where mom and dad go to get away from you fucking rugrats. Because I imagine... Even... Thirty thousand years ago, Neanderthal kids, uh, old you know ancient Homo sapien kids, Cro Magnon kids, um, those eight-year-olds had to have been horrible too. Like, could you imagine that they didn't even have language like we have yet? Like, all of it was grunts and small words and signs and hand signals. And how annoying an eight-year-old would be without any language skills. But it needed to tell you that it still wanted more. It wasn't done yet. Like, could you imagine also... Oh, what what would parenting be like 20,000 years ago? Right? Where all shelter we had to find... Or, you know, primitively create, like, lean-to building. Sticks and branches on top of other sticks and branches building an area with its hollow in the middle. Or a cave. What would parenting have been like to an eight-year-old or a set of twins? Or just unruly kids? I can't imagine they were, like, awesome and well-behaved and listened, you know, I imagine raising kids at that time would be much like dogs now, where it's like, sit, stay. Uh, are you hungry now? Oh, it's coming in and tugging on your loincloth. It must want something, right? Like, you were too worried about starving or berries or incoming attacks or predators or poison or uh, weather to worry about some fucking kid. Like, what? I couldn't even... Am- I mean... Man, if you want to give credit to parents now for having to stick with kids that know how to use iPads it, for two months in a quarantine, like, oh, bummer, you're with kids who have a bunch of video games and iPads and you just need to keep them supplied on corn dogs and pixie sticks and, uh, you know, fruit by the foot, maybe some some Apple Jacks or some Kix cereal. Remember Kix? Kix were the shit. Um, You know, like, oh, okay, go raise a Neanderthal eight-year-old and be a Neanderthal too. Those are the parents that deserve all the credit. Could you imagine? Could you imagine trying to shave its head or bathe that kid? It's like Encino Man, but instead of an adult, like a guy who had maybe fought a mammoth and he'd seen some shit, he'd gone out hunting, came back. and Could you imagine Encino Man, but (sighs) a kid? They must have made that movie, right? I don't know. I still want to see what a caveman two-story house looks like. Could you imagine the first caveman on the caveman block to build this house two stories and be like, "Look at that, all you motherfuckers. I know Frank down the street has a pool. Um, and uh, you know, old Timmy uh two roads over has a swing set. I got two stories on my house, fucker. I can look in I can look in Timmy's windows and he's you know 500 yards away. Just far enough that saber-toothed tigers can't jump between uh, both of our bills. I don't know where I'm going with this. These are just these are just ideas. First, two-story house. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I got a lot more notes. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to go through those. I uh. I wanted to get this podcast knocked out. I've enjoyed a beer. I've enjoyed... Oh, I got up. uh, You didn't even notice it because of the power of editing. But uh, because of it being Cinco de Mayo right now as I'm, you know, recording this. And we are culturally appropriate humans in this house. We made tacos for dinner tonight. As any normal uh, self-respecting white people would. Uh, We made tacos. I chose to forego the taco and just grab one giant tortilla and wrap three tacos worth of stuff inside of it wrap it up into a tight cylinder and shove it down my face i ate that fucker so fast um i walked in there made my taco or made my burrito i guess you would call it uh And ate it faster than they had already made it. Gone, sat down, started talking, smoked a bowl, kept eating it. And weren't even done with their first servings yet. And I paused the podcast, grabbed another beer, made myself it, pounded it. I didn't even grab a plate. I made it all in my hands and shoved it. And came back in here to enjoy the rest of my beer Uh after this podcast, what else am I going to be doing? Um, oh, I might go play some video games. I may play Ark Survival. I may go see if Rocket League, is, some one of my friends is on to play some Rocket League. Um, the other thing I need to do is pull my snakes out, uh, clean their cages. It's that time. I could probably do it tomorrow when I feed them. Uh, but I need to weigh them both tonight. Because, uh, well, I'm not feeding Big Snake tomorrow because he's in shed again. He's blue. And so he's shedding, which means he's basically blind right now. Um, and Little Snake isn't shedding yet, but I need to weigh them to figure out how heavy they are so I know what size mice to feed them. <sighs> I don't know why I'm yawning either, man. What is up with my body? It's like I had a hard day at work or something. But yeah, you want to feed snakes, mice. It's like 10 to 12% of their weight in the mouse. Which is fucking crazy to think about. Because if I weigh 200 pounds, that means I would, if I ate like a snake, actually I weigh two hundred like twenty pounds, I've been getting a little weight because I'm this fucking quarantine thing and for some reason it's made me feel really lazy and I've just been kind of not fucking caring. I've been drinking a little more beer than normal. Uh, May also have to do with a little bit of separation anxiety from my friends. But, you know, I'm put on a little bit of weight that I can visibly see in a mirror and it stresses me out. Um, But yeah, if I had to eat in, you know, coordination with what my snake ate, that means when I sat down... I would eat like 22 to 25 pounds of food and then not eat for a week and then eat another 22 to 25 pounds. And then if I gained more weight because I used all that food for growing, the next one I need to eat like 23 or 24 pounds. And then pretty soon I'm eating 30 pounds and then 33 pounds. I mean, it goes and goes and goes, you know. Uh, but I weigh them in grams, not pounds. So, you know, last time I measured the snakes were about 95 to a hundred grams, and about 140 grams. Uh, so I was feeding the big snake, the bigger of the two, uh, adult mice, which are 12 to 18 gram mice. And so, you know, that's right in that kind of range, a little, you know, if he's 140 grams, Ten percent to twelve percent of that is fourteen to sixteen and a half, and so you know right in that range it doesn't really hurt them if they you know eat an eighteen gram mouse uh as long as the diameter of the mouse is within one to one and a quarter times the size of the diameter of the thickest part of the snake. It's a pretty easy measurement. you can kind of eyeball it. it's not too much science uh but they have both grown tremendously since the last time I bought mice, uh, bought mice six weeks ago, fed them each six mice over the last six weeks, of course. Um, and so, you know, that was basically since the last time they shed and you don't really want to feed them when they're shedding or at least when they're in blue because they're basically blind. And so they stay in their habitats. They don't even really come out. Uh, And you wait until they, they finish shedding and then they're ready to eat. Now, last time my little snake shed, he didn't eat for like three weeks after shed. And so I hope he doesn't do that this time because I want him, he's on a really good path. He's been eating every week. I want him to keep growing. I want him to get bigger and gain his girth back like big snake is doing. Um, Snake, snake's a champ. I picked up his rock today, and he's in full blue, man. He, there's you can't see his eyes. His eyes are completely capped over. Uh, all of his, you know, his scales look blue right now because he's separating the skin. The, the his shed and then the moisture is building up between the two and so what you're actually seeing is the translucent of the moisture between the two layers of skin and then as soon as it gets dry enough all the moisture releases through the skin he goes back to looking normal colored and then within a day or two after he's normal colored he sheds and I'm excited I will be getting a a second shed hopefully this is a full shed again um and That'll be awesome, hopefully. Um and then I'll have two sheds, two consecutive full sheds in a row. <sighs> yeah. I don't know why I'm yawning. I'm sorry you guys. If you're I know yawns are contagious. I hope that you're not like driving or something and then having to yawn or like, you know, in the middle of listening to an interesting story from your significant other, and then I yawn and then it's contagiously passes on to you and you yawn and then all of a sudden your significant other is going hey I th- why are you yawning i thought you were listening to my story listen i was telling you go oh, no i was listening to your story but i was also listening to air Aaron- this guy talking you know he yawned, and oh so so then you're listening to someone talk over me and i'm i was trying to tell you a story oh i could go on forever who even knows how that could end up um so i hope that yawn didn't fuck you all up too much uh, i know i enjoyed it i'm gonna take it a- okay well there's that i i think i did another successful one it's i i'm not gonna lie it is very very fucking strange to be podcasting alone sit in the room alone talk alone um i'm i that's honestly the reason why it took me two weeks to get one an episode out because Uh, Last week, (sighs) I was too fucking nervous to come do it. Uh, The self-criticization, the uh, self-doubt really jumped in the way. Uh, And I knew that I could lay on the couch and play video games and not do anything or have to come in here and sit in a room by myself and sit and think and uh it'd be strange so anyways I have the nice thing is is I have my whole phone call system set up now I know since the last time we talked I was getting that ready I haven't got that set I mean I hadn't got it set up yet at the time but I do now so now I can take real good quality phone calls Uh, do podcasts over a FaceTime or something like that, and the guests on the other line can actually hear the sound effects I play on my computer now. They can hear, um, records being played, all types of stuff. So I can do some, uh, good podcast remote i'm gonna be getting helvey back on mr matt helvey uh benjamin charles will be back on which they just released liggage marks his band just released a new video and they're on metal injection uh magazine which is fucking amazing that they talked about him my bros from here uh you know just blowing up and we're getting earth to ashes stuff done hopefully i'll get those guys on for a podcast you can hear about my band from directly from their mouths um but other than that there's nothing time has gone on we are continuing to move forward um and the biggest part about everything is we are humans we're all the same uh there's nothing extrinsically outside of us, dictating who's more or less special. All that comes from within, and it's horrible. So, uh, listen to Falco. Run your hand through the tall blades of grass that are yourself by a river, and we don't know more. So hopefully next week he'll tell us what we didn't know. And as for me, I am Aaron uh this is a journey through time and stuff. Keep uh keep on keeping on gargle balls and drive like you know each other. Oh, nope, this one.